Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Poole Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I am so happy that you are here because you are in for a very, very special treat today. We have internationally renowned researcher, the award-winning author of 13 books, and one of the world's foremost teachers in medical astrology here with us today. Please join me in welcoming Judith Hill as we do a deep dive into the link between astrology and crystal healing. A couple things before we begin. Judith is also one of the featured master astrologers in our current Health, Wealth, and Fulfillment Workshop series. You can join this series before Judith does her workshop on health. And you can learn more about the entire workshop series by going to astrologyhub.com slash workshop. And she's the teacher of a mastery class with us entitled Planetary Transits from a Medical Perspective, which you can learn more about at astrologyhub.com slash medical transits. And finally, she's the founder of the Academy for Astrological Medicine. We're going to put all of the links to these things in the show notes, so don't worry about scribbling them all down. But now let's just bring our attention to Judith. Judith, thank you so much for joining us. I love having you on the Astrology Hub podcast, so thank you for joining us. Oh, well, thank you. I, I just absolutely, totally enjoy being All right. Okay, well, let's start here, Judith. Can you share with us how you first became inter interested in this intersection between astrology and crystal healing? How did you even like make the connection? And what was the process of you digging deeper and finding the associations? Well, for years, as a medical astrologer, I'd be reading the, the checks and they would just say, oh, turquoise is good for this. Or if you have a broken heart, wear this. Or, you know, little associations with your sun signs, the months, not the signs, <laughs> and with jams. And it was never right enough for me. And then I found that there was, I found this old, old, old book, that there was a complete system of gem antidotes from the, in India, used in India. And it's called Upai, Upaya, sometimes Upaye. And it means, uh, really it comes from the verb measurement, but it means planetary antidotes for problems you have in your birth chart. And it's a really very specific system where each planet is given a gem. And the gem is considered to capture and permanently project the cosmic color ray of that planet. So if you need that planet, you wear it. And you have to prescribe it in a very distinctive way. You wear it on certain fingers. It's a very, very developed system. But it's not hard to learn. So I started studying every single system of Upai I could find. There are several. And I actually... uh compared them all in one of my books. And I really got into it and started uh, experimenting. And I probably taught the first classes in America. And it's, it's a very wonderful system. So you do have to recognize that the planets have cosmic color rays and that the gems can enhance and project these when you need Wow. Oh my God, it's fascinating. I'm already blown away and we're just, I don't even know, five minutes in. So 
the 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 gems are like little micro doses of the cosmic ray of a particular planet. Yes. And and they would that you put the gem under a prism and it will project that color ray, such as if you want a blue, certain kind of blue color ray, which is the ray of Jupiter, interestingly enough, it is projected by a yellow sapphire. Whoa. Not the blue ray, you wear a yellow sapphire and you know you wear uh, you usually there's a way to do it. You have to you have to clean it and imprint it, and then you you wear it um, either a certain period of time or from life, and you wear it for certain purposes. If you have a weak Jupiter, you you want this gem, provided your chart will allow it. There's certain rules, and if you need some things Jupiter provides, like say Jupiter rules publishing. You know, I'm also a vocational astrologer. Jupiter rules publishing. It also rules male progeny, male children. It rules fat. So if you're, you know, really underweight, you might want to wear uh, a blue sapphire. I mean, a yellow sapphire. If you, it's a traditional for getting pregnant, the yellow sapphire. I have found it works very well in certain cases. And or if you're a, pu- a publisher, I'm a publisher. So I, I went and got myself a yellow sapphire and I, wore it for many years on the appropriate finger and it can so you can use them for any reason not just medical wow okay so let's dive in um is it is it best to just start going through some examples or how, how like where do you how do you if, if there's something in your life that you want to address and you're you're wanting to try an idea like this on where would you start like how would you even approach this very simple system um this is the joy of it it has on its there are different systems but this is the most simple you have to have your chart so you do have to know what planets rule what signs everybody has to so that's basic so find that out uh mercury rules gemini and Virgo. so you know you need to know those things so you look at your chart and you look at the ruler of your ascendant sign and the rulers of the fifth and the ninth houses. And all three of those planets are generally, they're, they're stones that are associated with them, and we can go through, um, are generally going to be helpful to you, generally speaking. They're not going to be hurt you. Their rays won't hurt you. So if you need them, you can use them. So one of the most important things, if your ascendant ruler is having trouble, and a lot of people have their ascendant ruler is very difficult. Uh, maybe it's placed in the eighth house. Maybe it's square Saturn. Maybe it's on the south node. And maybe it's wherever on the other side of the charts. They're lacking power or strength. Then you want to strengthen that ruler. So say say your chart ruler is the moon. Cancer rising. So your ruler would be the moon. First house. And so you if the moon, maybe your moon's in the eighth house. And square Saturn. And you've always, maybe your mother died early and maybe you're, you always suffered fatigue or maybe you're always emotionally depressed and, or you're lacking, you haven't been fertile or you're, you're dry or, or you're weeping all the time or something. And then you want a pearl. The pearl contains and projects the orange ray of the moon. 
Apparently, the ancient Rishis figured this out. So the moon has an orange cosmic ray. And so the moon, you wear the, you wear the pearl. And this would be a lifetime stone for your health, for your well-being, for your mind, because you do not want a weak ascendant. Especially if it's the moon. You know, cancer rising has enough problems. You know, it's so emotional. So you want to strengthen this ray if it's needed. Now, what happens if you have, you know, Aries rising and you have Mars on the ascendant in Aries, trine Jupiter, uh, sextile the sun? Well, you've got a brilliant, very strong Mars. What would happen if you wore the red coral projects the yellow ray of Mars? You would get too much Mars. The person's probably already hot-headed. They probably already have too much energy rising up through their head and accident-prone, but great athletes. You know, this could make them um, much more, even too energetic, or become manic. So you have to know when something's too much or if you need it. Do you need it? So that's the best, easiest way to use the system. Do you need the ray? Can you do this also with elements, or is it mainly around planets? This system is planetary based. It, okay. Now, when you become a very advanced medical astrologer, you can include, like, like with our Mars on the ascendant Aries examples. The person's also triple fire. Yeah, you can bring in the person's got too much fire. They are not going to need the yellow or the red ray. Red rays goes to the sun. Let's go through the rays. Is it, would you like to do that? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I know everybody wants to. So yes, let's go through the rays. And wait, what, one more question before we do that. Are every crystal and stone associated with some planet or is it only that certain ones are associated with a planet? In this system, certain ones. Okay. So substitute gems if you don't have the money because we do have a problem here in these cultures the jewelers were also the astrologers. So often they would say you needed this enormous amount of carrots if you buy this huge ruby and you can't afford it. Okay. So you can use, you know, even in some villages in India, you can use, uh, uh, uh like a blue glass bottle. You put water and drink the water. You want the blue ray. There are ways to eat the blue ray if you cannot afford it. But, um, the system now, however, we know that all gems must project some cosmic colors. So all of them have not been assigned. Uh, the systems of Upai that I have studied, they have the exact same rulerships, and they only give one or two gems per planet. And it's always the same ones that were probably available in India. Mm. But doesn't, you know, in none of Upai do I see turquoise listed. And yet, I study other systems too. You know, that's why turquoise is a very important gem in Native American and Tibet, East and West, Himalayas. And it has the same uses. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So oh. I, I don't throw out the other gems, but when I'm using the Upai system and doing a, you know, planet, a gem prescription, uh, I, I adhere to the system the best I can. Perfect. Okay. Let's go through the rays. Okay. So. We'll start with the sun. The sun is the red ray, and it is projecting from red ruby. Red rubies. Uh, people also use garnets. That's the substitute, not considered as good. Um, the moon is pearl, the orange ray. 
Now, here's where some systems trip over each other. Some of the systems will say, well, you can also use a moonstone, which are very affordable. But the moonstone doesn't project the orange ray of the moon, it projects the blue ray of Jupiter. And so when you do the more scientific tests, they say, no, 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 no. <laughs> but the, uh, some texts will say, yes, 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 there's a little problem there. Uh, it's the only one. Um, Mercury is the green ray. Nice, beautiful grass green um, or emerald green. So you use the emerald. That one, the emerald, does, the green emerald does project a green cosmic ray of Mercury. And we can also go into what these rays are good for if you want for this. But uh, then we have um, Venus, which strangely they give the indigo ray to. You would think indigo would be quite Saturnian, but they give the indigo ray to Venus. And it's what they feel is accurate. Um, and it's projected by a white diamond. So, you know, for Venus needs, you use a white diamond. And this may be some reason why the diamond has become the favorite ring for marriages. The stone of love. Stone of Venus. Somehow, there's a lot of east-west trickling back and forth over the centuries of these traditions. Um, now, then we have the Mars is not the red ray as it is in the west. I do believe Mars also has a red ray. I've seen it myself. Mars causes inflammation. But in the east, it is the yellow ray, which produces bile and is very hot indeed. And it is projected by red quartz. And it's one of those gems you have to be very, very careful with. Just don't, you don't go out and just buy red cork. You have to be very careful that that is going to work for that person and not overheat them. And it's usually used in combination with pearls to cool it off or some other combinations. Now, there are cases like uh, some cases you do need. Um, now we then have the Jupiter. We've talked about Jupiter. Jupiter, you can use a moonstone. It projects the blue ray. But the favorite gem is the yellow sapphire. They also use the yellow citrine, which is quite affordable. Uh, some of the books, some of the systems use this, the writers, and, but they do prefer yellow sapphire to the blue ray. And then Saturn is the violet ray. Quite interesting because on the, the, the color wheel of the signs, but the artist's color wheel, it's a real phenomenon in nature. The artist's color wheel over the 12 signs. Violet and purple come right over Saturn's two signs, Aquarius and Capricorn. And so it is projected by a blue sapphire, a blue sapphire, not a yellow sapphire. Now, this is a stone some of the professionals will not prescribe. You only prescribe the blue sapphire because you're going to get a lot of sapphire under very specific circumstances when a person absolutely needs it, and Saturn is friendly in their chart, not going to cause her. This is tricky. So usually if it is prescribed, it's prescribed with a diamond or an emerald because Mercury and Venus are friends of Saturn. So they'll have it in a ring with, with the uh, blue sapphire in the middle, and a, you know, diamonds on either side, or a diamond, an emerald, and a big you know, blue sapphire in the middle. This is the real deal. These are prescriptions. They're done carefully. So be very careful with the blue sapphire. And everything's always tested. It's put under the pillow for a week while you sleep uh, to see if you have good results or bad results because every gem is oscillating. 
And then we have our nodes. We have our nodes. They use the nodes. So the north node is considered very cold in its effect on the body. And they use a hesonite. A hesonite is a very, very beautiful orange stone. I wish I brought in my book. I would show you what it looked like. Big picture of it. We don't use it much in the West, but a hesonite. And uh, some people use uh, some forms of zircon. But I, you know, I try to stay away from the nodes because they're much harder to prescribe for and you get very bizarre results. The south node is considered extremely hot in its effect on the body. And they use a cat's eye, chrysoderm, cat's eye stone. And it, oh, the, the, the north node projects ultraviolet light and the south node infrared infrared which i also think pluto does pluto is very very deeply heating it causes sepsis but you know no system has everything they don't use the outer planets in the system and you know every i study all systems but i and i try to use what makes sense to me <laughs> you know so um yeah okay we will create a cheat sheet that will summarize some of the things that we've talked about here today. So make sure you check the show notes for the link to get that, just so you can have a nice little succinct summary here. No. Okay, couple questions before we go to what's it for? What is a cosmic ray? What is a cosmic ray? Um, everything in the universe is made out of vibration, and vibrations have sound. So everything's made out of sound. Everything's also made out of light and color because we have the great white light of the sun. But every vibration has color rays and radio signals and sound. So when you look at a rainbow, you have your basic seven color rays. And then, you know, the two more added, the nodes. See, Mercury, I was going to Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. There's nine color rays. If you use infrared and ultraviolet, but seven if you just use your regular color rays and all kinds of little tones and hues in between them. You know, if you go to the, go in, you want to, you want to paint your house, you can get those cards with, you know, 360 hues on. You could actually associate the hues with different degrees of the zodiac. I taught that one of my last classes. Yeah, my foods class. So, um, so you can find your own hue, Amanda, and you can, bolster up your, your complete vital force just giving yourself goods and colors of your hue it's amazing it's amazing so um uh the color rays apparently the idea is that the planets have you know they have vibrations and they they sing music it's like a little orchestra little band going on all the time and they also project their color ray you know wow. blue the moon's is orange and so forth and these reach our bodies apparently coming into our our chakras there's different theories about how they enter the body and we have seven chakras and at least seventy two thousand nadis or little subtle channels that distribute these forces of all kinds from the universe it is very very uh, useful and you know it's been known you know studied in england a lot since the whole 1800s and uh, we studied here in the West. Uh, but all I, I know in Hawaii, they must believe in subtle, subtle channels through the body. Most cultures have some concept of this in acupuncture. 
But so these come in through the subtle channels and you can become deficient in a blue light. And in the old days, you would, uh, they would take a, I forgot how they would do it. They would take a photograph of you in the old, old kind of photography. I don't know if they, it would happen on a cell phone and they would put a prism over it. And curiously, the photograph could look all yellow or all blue. And if you're all yellow, you're burning up and are having probably some Mars problems. You're having acne or you're having infections or something. So there is a way to tell if a person, you know, off a photograph, if a person is excessive and needs it cooled off or something. Well, from your chart. So we are made out of vibrations. We're also made out of color. But every person may have a color that's dominant, some dominant color ray, cosmic color ray, and one that's missing and co- they really need it. So they have anemia. You have anemia and they're tired and fatigued and have no fight in them. And you find, oh my goodness, they have Mars uh, in the sixth house, square Saturn in conjunct the south node, and it's in Cancer. It's not a good sign for it. Though it's certainly useful for a lot of things like that. But um, So they may need, oh, this person may really need the yellow ray. They may need it, and it'll, and it'll help with their anemia, help with this, help with that. And if you get it right, you, know, you do see some spectacular results. I, I'm, I've gotten a lot of people pregnant. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, let's go there. I'd love to hear some stories, but let's go to if, if people are out there and like, okay, I do have anemia, or I am trying to get pregnant, or I'm really tired, or I'm trying to lose weight, or, you know, whatever. Can you give us a little bit of of how how we use these? What what do we use these specific rays for? Yeah, they're they're different. Um, if we're going, we'll start with the sun. So again, the sun is the red ray, and you use a red. So the red ruby is used for many many things. It's used for a uh, lack of willpower, lack of strength. It's also a um, very good for um, blood poisoning exhaustion, fevers, uh, the adrenal glands. But if you don't have a strong career or you're lacking, uh, you're lacking power, confidence, uh, you would use it. It's, it's, no, you ought to be careful with these red rays. You would use it if your chart showed you had a very, very weak sun. And there's another rule. Now this rule can be gotten around. There's a way some of the practitioners do it. Um, it's if the sun would rule or any planet that rules your eighth house, your sixth house, your twelfth house, unless it's also ruling a good house, and the tenth is also fifth, ninth, tenth are considered good, so is the eleventh. But if you have a planet ruling sixth, eighth, or twelfth, you want to be careful because it could hurt you. The ray could hurt you. So there's there's some ways to judge this, but uh. If your chart shows you shouldn't use it, you can use it homeopathically. And they take the gems and they make homeopathic tablets out of them. They, they soak them in the water and the sugar tablets is the way to do it. It's in some of these old books. And you can make um, either the planet water and drink it, or you make the homeopathic pellets. You can get these, like like um, some of these, some Ayurvedic uh, stores will sell the planetary tablets. The moon, moon 
tablets. Uh, that means pearl. You get the pearl homeopathic. You get the ruby homeopathic. You get the, now these you can use even if it's not so, not on a, a good angle in your chart. It's considered not dangerous. I have two books where the Indian scientists have worked with this and they don't care about the houses at all. They just give you the homeopathic you need, sometimes several, several times. So there is a way around it, but we're talking prescribing the actual gem. Gems are incredibly powerful. If you don't want to ever put on a ring lightly, it will change you. They go up the whole, then we have palmistry, you know, they go up, they right direct. It's like putting a fire hose on you, you know, up, up one of your channels. So that's where the homeopathics can be easier. But back to the, what we're doing. So, um, if we want to use the, the, um, the moon, the orange ray of the moon that you get through the pearl, it's good if you have fevers. It's good if you have, uh, weak lungs. Uh, it's good if you, you're all dried up. You don't have enough moisture and you're having a dry stomach, you're nauseous, you aren't fertile, women who can't get pregnant, you give them a pearl. Give them a pearl and, and a, the tradition is a, the tradition is a pearl with a yellow sapphire, uh, especially, you know, the lot of suns in India. Uh, but pearl and yellow sapphire, yellow sapphire brings suns, but it, I find it just brings to, <laughs> I've been found it works very well. And, uh, so, um, now, also, if you are mentally unbalanced or extremely depressed and you look at your chart and it seems to be relating to your a difficult, then you can wear the pearl. Or you, if it's, if you have the moon ruling the eight, six, or twelve, you might want to be careful and use the homeopathic pearl instead. Okay. So now Mercury is considered very benign. The green ray, you know, the green ray is one of the most benign rays we have because it, it's, Balances all other rays. Nature is just filled with this green, green. The green and blue rays are more benign. Green nature, blue sky. So, and blue water, white. <laughs> so, so we have, um, if you want, uh, if you need a mercury, you now it's wonderful if you have to take tests. If you're, if you have stammering, problems with speech, problems with hearing. Having intellectual needs, gonna take that bar exam. Um, you need to study. It's also good for the lungs, the bowels, bowel function, liver function, functions of the hands and fingers, and for nervous exhaustion. Now, if you're too nervous, you know, there's only wire Gemini's that ever stop talking. No, no. <laughs> you don't want to give them the green emerald if their mercury is too strong. You want to give them something calm. But if they're wired and burned out, because their Mercury is just like squaring Uranus and on the south node and too much hitting it, then they may very much need the green emerald. And uh, they have, they're worn on certain fingers too, by the way, so don't just run out and buy this yet. <laughs> yeah, so certain fingers. So then if you um, also Mercury in the moon, uh, green emerald and the white pearl are also good for various forms of mental derangement. So... Uh, now, Venus, everybody will love to hear about this because we all have to age. So, um, the indigo ray of the white diamond you use if you're getting old. <laughs> it's considered to have all, all the, it's good for all the doshas, all the constitutions. It helps with, um, 
producing mucus. It helps with producing semen. It helps with making you sexy. Uh, it's supposed to help strengthen bones. It's good for love. It's good for um, becoming more sexy. It helps with bone marrow. And um, also it's supposed to help the kidneys and the ovaries. Because that's what, you know, Venus is right. does. It Venus rules kidneys and ovaries. But also, you know, you can use these for professions. If you're a hairdresser or a singer, because it helps the throat too. If you're, if you're using, if you're having to be a person of beauty or even a diplomat, it gives you more charm. Now, it can give you way too much charm. But I've seen that happen where people get a little full themselves wearing their, their white diamonds. So, um, you know, if they're already super pretty, I wouldn't go and get yourself a white diamond. Um, but they're considered pretty benign. If you have, uh, but you might want to be careful with it only if it's um, way too strong to chart already. Or if it's on, usually if it's on the 6th, 8th, or 12th, because it rules two signs, it's also ruling a good house. So there are, you know, this, you need an expert sometimes with this, but you always can use the homeopathic without this problem. Okay, so the um, Jupiter, aha. Uh -huh. Jupiter's the blue ray, and it's a real nice, nice blue ray, kind of like, like this. Beautiful, beautiful. Primary blue. And curiously, on the artist's color wheel, Sagittarius falls right dead on primary blue. <laughs> and uh, so it's a joyous, it's a, it's a very enlivening color, even though it's blue. You know, it's, it's stimulating. But it's very good for your glands. Very good if, you're, if you need to put on weight. Nobody wants to put on weight now, but it is, it, this is considered a wonderful thing in some cultures. I heard that fat was not a big deal in Polynesian cultures or in India. It's actually considered quite beautiful for them. And so, you know, I hope it's okay for me to mention that, but I heard that many times on documentaries. Um, I'm aware it's not a great culture. Uh, so the, the, um, it's wonderful for the liver. Liver for jaundice, for uh, longevity, mental stability, happiness, luck, prosperity, joy. And for many Jupiterian careers, like what you're doing, you know, any kind of promotion, publishing, the web, schools, education, teaching, it rules these things. It also helps the vital force, just like Ruby does. Uh, there's a story that uh, one Indian scientist bringing back dying kitten using, right? And another, uh, almost instantly healing his little daughter of severe, severe bronchitis when all the doctors had failed. And, um, it's also good for epilepsy, I believe. Uh, and inflammation, or uh, they use it, you know, generally for good luck. You know, it's a, it's a lovely, and for marriage, it's just a, you know, a good guy. Okay. So the, the, um, Saturn, the doozy. Okay. Saturn is that. Beautiful violet ray of Saturn. It's projected through a blue sapphire. Blue sapphire gives the violet ray. And you use this on if you are unstable, if you are uh, lacking good bones, you know, if you're getting both, both the, um, the uh, white diamond and the uh, blue sapphire are noted to help bones. They help bones. It's if you are of a certain kinds of insanity and instability, if it's caused by just having a real knocked off base Saturn, because that's our groundwork. The person is too jangled, too frenetic, too sensitive, 
you can use Saturn. You can use this uh, blue cell bar uh, for skin diseases, for old age. Um, also, it has a lot to do with career success, as we know. So if the person is never able to get ahead, and it seems that their natal Saturn is responsible, you can use the Saturn. Be very, very, very careful with it, but you can use the homeopathic. And it's a good, um, it's supposed to help produce antibodies and also prevent fainting spells, disease, grounding. Now, if you're an architect, it's wonderful, or a farmer, because anything you're dealing with form, structure, the earth, long-term deference. Now, wearing a blue sapphire again, some of the practitioners in India won't even prescribe it. And it should always be prescribed again. You know, for safety, you're wearing the gem with a white diamond or a green emerald. It's friends. They saw, they saw. And, uh, only, you know, certain, you don't want to use it if it rolls your eighth, sixth, or twelfth because it rolls two signs. This is often hard. So I look at a chart. My, my, people have different approaches and you see this in the literature. My approach is if the person, if it's super weak and missing, person is unstable, they're skinny, they, aren't able to get along in their career. Um, oh, that sounds like a Saturn problem. And I may think about it as a homeopathic, even if I did see it in their eighth house. But if, you know, if you're missing Saturn, it's so weak. You may need it. You may need this grounding ray. You've got to use your your noggin in learning to make prescription. That's why the 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 planet waters and the homeopathics are so much safer, easier. You know? So I kind of stayed away from the nodes, um, but apparently to prevent uh, tragic death and horrible misfortune, they will give a hesitant, a stone of the north. And uh, you see, you know, they, they, they are, they're, they're nice, nice, the astrologers in India, they will tell it like it is, you know, you look like you're going to die in a month of this. They, they don't, you know, <laughs> different culture. Okay. So here's a hesonite, you know, this might help in certain circumstances. They can use it for uh, some kinds of drug addictions and really intense stuff. I kind of stay away from it. Um, it's pretty hard to tell if it's the cause or something in a chart. You usually look at it through what planet disposited it. It's much more, if be quite advanced. And the, um, however, the ultra violet ray is used for misfortune is, is used for um you know misfortunes hyperacidity the body is hyperacid the person is too far hypersexed hyper greedy manic having fevers but this is the weird part um sometimes they give the stone that some some of the authorities will give the stone that would seem to make the profit worse and others do the opposite stuff. So when you're having mania and fevers, you're too hot. And that's why the ultraviolet ray of the hesonite, super cold, cools you down. So now if you're, um, you know, for the south node, they use this for preventing drowning, for misfortune, for leprosy. They use the cat's eye. These are, these are difficult things to talk about. They're not, they're not pleasant, but, um, it can, they say though, wearing the cat's eye can cause bronchitis, cause bronchitis or fevers, probably because it's so very hot. 
So I wouldn't wear a stone that present that gives us ultraviolet or infrared. They're very extreme energies. You do have to know what you're doing. I, I have never prescribed the gems of nodes. And I'm just thinking, ah, there's just too little, too little literature, not enough examples. Looked at everything. That question for you, because red light therapy and also uh, lasers that you use ultraviolet light or infrared light, these are big healing tools and technologies. Do similar rules apply? I mean, would a practitioner want to be paying attention to whether or not, will want to be paying attention to the person's chart? to know whether or not they would respond favorably to those types of treatments? And would it follow similar rules or is this just about gems? Um, well, it would follow similar rules astrologically, sure, Amanda, such as if a person was a triple fire sign and they had Mars and Leo conjunct their moon. And, you know, I, Queen, uh, Princess Margaret had this kind of chart and, you know, they're, they're, they're doing things. Their behavior is very fiery. And then they start having fire sign problems and, you know, problems with their heart or whatever it might be. You do not want to give them uh, a cat's eye infrared light. You do not. Or you, so your question is, does it extend to like, no, they wouldn't want infrared therapy. Yeah. They're already receiving too much red and yellow rays. They're already overseeded on the unseen level that's coming in through their chakras and hearts. Yeah. Or say, wow. So a person's born in the middle of winter at midnight with the dark of the moon, you know, Aquarius, dark of the moon. They're almost always depressed this time. They're lacking light and they're having cold extremities and low blood pressure or high blood pressure because they're developing plaques in their, their vessels and their, their fluids are hanging down around their ankles. They're always just depressed. You know, um, Abraham Lincoln was the case of this. So was Virginia Woolf, two Aquarians. And they're just so skinny and depressed. And, you know, okay, you do not, not want to give them a hesitite projecting an ultraviolet hyper cold ray. They're already cold. They need to be warmed up with sunlight. You know, they need the sunlight. They need a red ruby probably. And, you know, so you have to be careful with the extremes and the chart will show you. The chart usually doesn't. I'd say of all the decades I've, I've seen charts every day, you know, maybe only, I've only met two people who did not seem to fit what I was looking at. It puzzled me what I was looking at. You know, as you know, you've been in astrology a long time with the hub. It works. I you know, with the, it's still surprising every time because it's yeah. just like magical on some level, you know, but yes, it works. So. Can you give us a few examples of times you've seen this really work? Like somebody was having an issue, you prescribed a certain gem, and the issue was resolved. Yeah. One of my favorite cases, uh, it was one of those very rare times that I thought it was okay to use blue sapphire alone. I had a gentleman, and he had contacted me with a, a bad, a very lot of pain in his back that nobody could diagnose or cure. And I looked at the chart. And he was, everything in the chart was, was, um, compatible with Saturn. And so, you know, he was, uh, everything was like Capricorn rising, of course, everything was ruled by Saturn. 
And Saturn was ruling, was in a happy place, but it was badly deflected. But he was the ultimate Saturnian. I think it was his chart was probably in Capricorn rising and he was in Aquarius and the moon was in, was in Capricorn. You know, it was just all, but he was the ultimate Saturnian. And his problem wasn't an excess of Saturn. It was a weakness in Saturn. He was having a problem with his bones and his back. And it was really bothering him. So I said, well, don't usually do this, but try sapphire. And he, so he did it right. You know, it has to be done on the, we won't show the finger. It's the flip the bird finger and book do that. But I had him, you know, put it, you have to do it on a certain day for the first time, put it on for the first time on a certain day. And you have to have it set in a certain manner. You could talk to me about that if you want. Of course. And, and he put it on and he wrote me and he says, I've had this on for a week. My back problem is completely cleared up. Unbelievable. He needed what? his own ray. He was a Saturnian, but his, it was, it was somehow knocked out of commission. It's amazing how much we've lost this kind of knowledge. You know, we just throw on jewelry because it looks good and matches our outfit or, you know, whatever we're doing. So that's fascinating. Um, do you have another story that you want to share or do you want to tell us a little bit about like how to actually use them if we want yeah, to? Yeah. Um, and I, I do have, uh, no, I, I was going to say that I've looked at all five or six different, uh, of the best sources and I compared all of their settings and I combined that so everybody can see everybody's opinion on how to set them in one book all about uh, astrology and your vital force. And it has two chapters on this and all the settings because they're very, maybe I'll find, I'll show you how much they, how they vary. Uh, but if you say, okay, uh, the red coral, the yellow cosmic ray, uh, strengthens a natal or, or transit week at Mars. This could be temporary. Transit. Ah. So setting in first wear rules, first wearing. They want a minimum six carats, or although nine, 11, or 12 are best. Bada Chargy says seven to 12 carats, and Kapoor says no less than six. You see, you have variation in the riders. Tuesday was best, but you can use Thursday, Sunday, and always have a waxing moon in Aries, Scorpio, or Capricorn. Why? Because Aries and Scorpio are ruled by Mars, and Capricorn is the exaltation. The strength is, and you have to do it between sunrise and 11 a.m., though Brown and Kapoor say one hour after sunrise. Okay, I'm, I've been comparing all these texts. Um, the metal should be a mixture of copper and gold. Brown prefers gold, and next he prefers silver, and you should wear it in the ring finger of the right hand. So I, this is from like six different authors and I'm looking where all the differences are, putting them all down in one text. Amazing. And Tell us the name of the text again for our podcast friends who might not be able to see it. It's Astrology and Your Vital Force, um, Healing with Cosmic Rays and DNA Resonance. Wow. Very I'm cool. Judith. You are amazing. Well, this is a wild, crazy book that isn't, wasn't even edited. It was right off just a manuscript I put together, but I, it, it's very interesting stuff in here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Judith, this is all amazing. I'm sure people are very excited to learn more from you. And you are going to be teaching with us next week. Can you tell a little, a little bit about the workshop that you'll be teaching on the 12 zodiac signs? What are the students going to learn? 
Oh yeah, I can't wait. I just love this subject. So every single sign has a different kind of vital force and its own body part rulerships, its own functions in the body, its own organs, and its own idiosyncrasies, odd little quirks. And it is so much fun to talk about this, but it is so useful. And you will find about three quarters of people you know born in those signs will exhibit a lot of these these traits. And even if they don't, their vital force will still have this quality. And you know, they'll have little tendencies in certain directions. So we're going to be discussing each of the 12 signs with some really beautiful slides and just going through them, going through zodiacal man, the old system known as Melothesia from ancient Greece, where actually some of it goes back to, uh, we found the earliest evidence in a tomb of Ramses the fourth or fifth, and uh, where the body parts are related to the ecliptic plane. And so you're going to learn about your sign. Are you a Taurus? Are you a Virgo? Are you a Libra? And just with that, it's the most basic part of medical astrology or astrological medicine. What does that mean? What can you learn? What can, how can you use this information in your life? Uh, and it's very, very relevant. I've been studying uh, people physically and their charts since I was about 13 years old. Just obsessed. I don't know what. Odd child. You know, studying uh, people's feet and everything in high school. Saying, I don't know what my parents thought. Anyway, so um, it was it was uh, very valuable because I started to notice certain things. And then I would, you know, 10 years ago, Brian, I'd find some writer. They had noticed the exact same things. And then some cartoonist would be, you know, drawing that flat but you often see on libras i noticed that you know there's these types you know but these funny things that would pop up and um it's like oh and then i really got into it with research so i know this works and i want to share what i amazing amazing okay so if you all are interested in joining us for that you can go to astrologyhub.com slash workshop when you go to that page, you'll learn all about the whole workshop series of which Judith's workshop is one of three. So you can either, if, if you know all you want to do is learn from Judith and learn about health and learning, learn about the zodiac signs, you can sign up for Judith's class as an individual class. But if you're interested in the entire series with Georgia Stathis and Michael Bryan, the three subject areas are health, wealth, and fulfillment. If you want to get all three, you can get three workshops for the price of two. So if you're remotely interested, now would be a great time to jump in. Check it out. You'll get to join for Judith's live Q&A next week. And it's just, it's an amazing series. So hopefully you'll be able to check that out at astrologyhub.com slash workshop. Judith, we're so honored that you're teaching on our platform. We're just so excited to have you here because you really are one of the best teachers of medical astrology in the world. And so anybody even remotely interested in applying a, what they know about astrology or what they're learning about astrology to their physical body, you know, how do I use this to have more vitality, more health, to even treat certain ailments and things that I'm working with? Medical astrology is mind-blowing, as you got to experience here today on the podcast. So 
check it out. And this, this series, this workshop of all the three is going to be really, really great for any level of astrology background. So if you really just only know your sun sign, you're still going to be able to benefit. If you know more than your sun sign, you're going to get to benefit even more because if you start to know aspects and things like that, you'll be able to apply it even more. But there's enough to get just, you know, for those of you who are like, I, I don't know uh, as much about my chart, but I still want to be using astrology. Anything you'd say you'd want to add to that, Judith? Yeah, uh, this workshop will be extremely useful and entertaining to, as Amanda said, both beginners and advanced and pros and the health practitioners. And mm -hmm. it will, there's even if you, uh, if you aren't, uh, you know, anything about medical astrology, you can use this information. If you are a pro, you can use the information. And I also wanted to say, Amanda, that, uh, and to tell the audience that, uh, Georgia Stathis and Michael Bryan are both my colleagues. Amanda could not have picked a more wonderful, uh, to uh, people here to to bring in this this uh, program. Oh, thanks, Judith. I know when we when we when it all came together, it was like, oh my god, this is like the coolest lineup ever. These astrologers are so amazing, and you complement each other really, really well. So, yes, really looking forward to it, Judith. Thank you for everything that you shared with us here today. Can't wait for next week. If you're listening to this, and it's far beyond September of 2023. Go to that link, still astrologyhub.com slash workshop. You'll be able to get the entire series in recorded format so you can study at your own pace. So it's not too late. You can still get it. You won't get the live version, but you'll still get the recorded version. So you can check that out now. Also, if you want the cheat sheet, the uh, summary that we've put together for a lot of the different things that Judith has shared here today, you can check out the show notes and get the link for that as well. That'll be free and available to all of you. All right. Judith, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. You're incredible. You're just an amazing, amazing astrologer. Every si single time I get to sit with you, I learn so much. And I know that our audience agrees with that. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to the Hubsters. And I always enjoy it very, very much. Thank you, Amy. I love how you call it the Hubsters. It's so cute. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you for being a hubster. And we'll catch you on the next episode. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.